0: The New York Rangers must stay the course with unrestricted free agent and still unsigned Alexi Lafreniere. We talk about why. Plus, Mika Sabanajad, Chris Kreider, and several other Rangers will be playing in a hockey game next week. All this and much, much more on today's episode of Locked On, New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 877 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And we are, of course... Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. So, why wanted to kick off today's episode by discussing Alexi Lafreniere. And obviously, you know, you look at the Ranger offseason and you go through free agency and the Rangers bring in some low-cost guys from around the league. Uh, none of them making more than six figures this upcoming season. I think overall, it was a solid offseason for the Rangers, you know, keeping uh, their own guys in the fold and going out making the most out of the limited amount of cap space that they had remaining. And really, the only really big thing left to do, or what it would seem is the only big thing left to do, is Alexi Lafreniere getting him under contract. He is a restricted free agent. As of right now, we'll see uh, when that comes to fruition. But I figure we might as well uh, do an episode about Alexi Lafreniere. It's been a while since we've talked about him in, uh, in great detail. And what I wanted to do today... Just kind of an informal list. Five reasons why I believe the Rangers should and ultimately will stay the course with Alexi Lafreniere. And, you know, I know that there's some Ranger fans that obviously have strong opinions on Lafreniere. I think most Ranger fans want to keep him in the fold. Uh, there's some people that, um you know, are saying that maybe just trade him now while you can still get something for him. And, you know, the dread B word, a couple of Ranger fans will occasionally call him a bus. I'm nowhere near that point yet. Um, but I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Why don't we just go ahead, jump into the list? This is not like a ranking or anything like that. It might not even be the biggest five reasons. These are just, like I said, very casual five reasons I'm going to throw out there why Alexi Lafreniere uh, should remain with the New York Rangers and why they should be patient with him and stay the course with him after uh, basically lucking into drafting him in the first place, winning the draft lottery uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, but the first reason I got here, if you move on from Alexi Lafreniere, you would be selling low. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's a fact. This guy was somebody that was labeled as a generational talent coming into the NHL and the best player available since Sidney Crosby, the whole nine yards. I mean, every single scout just pretty much gushed about Alexi Lafreniere. Rangers luck into that first overall pick that season. And, you know, I know, again, I mentioned this just a second ago, but I know there are some Ranger fans that'll look at this situation and say, you know what, just sell him now while you can still get something for him. I wouldn't do that. It would be any way you slice it, a sell low situation if you were to move Alexi Lafreniere this offseason. And the Rangers are a win now team. If you trade Lafreniere for a draft pick or even two draft picks, then it's going to be a while before any of those players are able to help the Rangers in any meaningful way. Obviously, this year's draft already happened, so you're not going to get any draft picks for this year. Um, So you'd have to wait until next year at the earliest, and then you draft those players. And then they have to, you know, finish up with their junior team. And then they need the AHL. In most cases, you know, some guys will go right to the NHL. But for the most case, you know, that's how it works. It's a process. It's at least a few years before draft picks make their NHL debuts. So um, it'll be a while if the Rangers were to trade Lafreniere for draft picks. uh, It'll be a while before those draft picks could ever do anything uh, to help the Rangers in any meaningful way. So total sell low opportunity. And that's not something that I'm on board with uh, when it comes to a player like Alexi Lafreniere. Second reason, the Rangers right now have no cap space. And this is kind of related to the first reason. But the Rangers right now, they barely have enough cap space to even get Alexi Lafreniere under contract. So if you were going to trade Lafreniere, there's a limit on which players you could bring back in any kind of a deal. You know, even if there's some ideal trade candidate somewhere out there, maybe like in the Western Conference, um, that we think has, you know, tremendous upside and is still very young and or at least somewhat young and they would fit the rangers gray and they would do this that and the other thing to help the rangers they would grow and blossom and be just a perfect fit for uh the Peter Laviolette led rangers you know maybe he's a laviolette type of player uh, there's a very good chance that that player that i'm describing whoever it might be is making too much money and again with the rangers with their salary cap situation you're very much limited you're very handcuffed if you were to trade Alexi Lafreniere on which NHL player you could even bring back in a trade, because if that player is making like $4 million a season, you can't afford him. That puts you over the salary cap. You could always make some other move too, like trade Barkley Goodrow or something. But I mean, honestly, are are we really going to bend over backwards this far to trade Alexi Lafreniere a player with all this upside um, for somebody that, you know, might be making too much money or might not have the the long-term potential that Alexi Lafreniere has. It just doesn't really make any sense to me. So dealing Lafreniere, Away for an NHLer again. I just don't think that's the road to go down because obviously it'd be hard to find somebody that both is an ideal fit for the Rangers and also isn't making enough money that it's going to give you salary cap problems. I mean, and imagine you trade Lafreniere for somebody that only has one year left on their contract and then they walk this off season as well. Again, you're going to find you have a really difficult time finding a player who's who's the perfect fit both from a cap situation and also just from a skill and upside situation um, that could be on par with Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, for the third reason, we are going to go with what I'm going to call here the Peter LaViolette factor. So, you know, we've done a couple of crossover episodes with some other Locked On hosts. Uh, big shout-outs to Dan Holmey of Locked On Washington Caps. Also, Nick Morgan of Locked On Predators. The, the episode with Nick was actually our most recent episode. And I think, look, we're all familiar with Peter Laviolette. He's obviously been around for a while, been a very successful coach in this league. As we all know, he's taken three different teams to the finals, won a Stanley Cup with the Canes. But they gave us a little bit more intel on Peter Laviolette, you know, having watched him day in and day out for several seasons each. And uh, again, I do thank the hosts for doing that. But the one thing that stood out and the one thing that I think both of them kind of confirmed, at least to some extent, is that, both the other Lockdown hosts, that is, is that Peter Laviolette has had success with young players he seems to find a way to get the most out of them we looked at rosters that Peter Laviolette was in charge of the three different seasons that he took his team to the Stanley Cup final and yeah there were some veterans on those teams for sure but there were also a lot of very young players and guys who you know were just getting started in the NHL or just starting to maybe find their footing a little bit and they went on or in some cases are still having great NHL careers. And that all started with Peter Laviolette leading the way. And in many cases, leading these players uh, to the Stanley cup finals in, you know, whichever team it was, whether it was with the caps flyers or uh, most recently the predators and, you know, getting back to Lafreniere here and, you know, you can even throw Heedle and Kako and even guys like Offman and Cooley into this mix as well. You know, young Ranger players, guys that they're expecting a lot from uh, in most cases, first round picks. Everybody I just mentioned is a first rounder, except for Cooley. Um, But I do think Lafreniere and probably these other guys as well, they're probably in the best hands with Peter LaViolette out of any of the recent Ranger coaches. You know, Gerard Gallant, you know, I'm thankful for what he did here. And obviously, look, that run to the conference final was awesome. I'll never forget it. It's one of the most fun seasons I've ever had watching Ranger hockey. Obviously, he didn't last as long as I think a lot of us thought that he might. Only two seasons. Before that, David Quinn was here for just three seasons. But I think of those three coaches, the guy that seems to be Best at, or the guy with whom young players have the best opportunity to succeed, the most rope, I would say, is probably Peter LaViolette. Um, again, this is just going by his track record, looking at some of the rosters that he had when he had success and those other stops in his NHL career, and also uh, going by you know some of the things that we found out from Dan Homie of Locked On Caps, as well as Nick Morgan uh, from Locked On Predator. So the LaViolette factor, it does seem like he can get a lot out of young players, and that being the case, uh, I think, you know, Lafreniere might be in his best of a chance to succeed under LaViolette than he was with either of the other two preceding coaches, Gallant and Quinn, um, you know, while they were here uh, in better hands with Peter LaViolette. So reason number four, and again, these aren't in any sort of specific order. It's not a ranking. It's just five reasons. Reason number four, uh, a lot of career highs for Alexi Lafreniere in this past season. This goes back to something that I've talked about uh, with Kako and Lafreniere specifically. They do seem to get a little bit better every season. But as I've said many times on here, we need a, a jump from these guys. We don't need, you know, baby steps forward. We need a hop, skip, and a leap. You've heard me use that expression before. The everydayers have. Um, that's what we need from Lafreniere and Capo Caco. It could happen at any minute. I think Tage Thompson, you know, off the top of my head, is a recent great example of that. Um, basically was doing next to nothing for Buffalo and became just a fantastic player uh, this past season. But with, when you look at Lafreniere... Probably his best season of his career this past year. I know he didn't do anything in the playoffs. I mean, join the party as far as players on the New York Rangers. But when you look at what he did in the regular season, career high in games played with 81. Uh, The only game he missed was the healthy scratching. Career high with 23 assists, a career high 39 points. Career high plus minus at plus 10. Uh, Got the first three power play goals of his career. A career high 15-13 time on the ice per night. Career highs even in block shots and in hits with 28 and 141, respectively. Uh, The only stat that I can point to that was not a career high that's somewhat discouraging is his shot percentage, because as a rookie, scored on 17.9% of his shots on goal. uh, That goes down to 17.3 in his second year. Dropped all the way down to 11.9% this past season. It doesn't seem like he's beating goalies clean, all that often, or at least clearly not as often as you would like. Uh, but you just hope he gets there and you hope that that eventually comes uh, with more opportunities that, you know, I, I think Lafreniere has a better chance to get more opportunities under LaViolette than he did for either of the two preceding coaches. Uh, I think also the fifth reason here, another reason why you got to hold on to Lafreniere, when you look at just what happens during even strength, and I would love to find a stat that tells me, you know, cause we always hear points per game, you know, how many points per game does this guy have? I want to see points per, per minute, per 60 minutes spent on the ice. If anybody knows, I've been kind of scouring the internet here. If anybody knows a specific uh, website that has that stat where I could look it up, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Um, But for the time being, I'll just say, uh, you know, to to compare him to other Rangers who kind of have similar numbers when it comes to even strength points. Uh, So Lafreniere last year, 29 even strength points total and there weren't too many players on the rangers that had a significant edge on him and that department. The only three that were significantly ahead of Alexi Lafreniere when it comes to even strength points are Artemi Panarin, he had 50, and also Mika Zibanejad and Vincent Trocek. they each had 40 even strength points. Beyond that, nobody had on the rangers more than 6 points, 6 even strength points more than Alexi Lafreniere. He had Philip Hedel who had 35, Adam Fox had 34. We'll include Patrick Kane on this list, even though he split the season between Chicago and the Rangers. He had 33 even strength points, uh, did miss nine games last year. Uh, Capo Caco had 32 even strength points. So just a shade ahead of Lafreniere. Keandre Miller had 31. And we'll also include Vladimir Tarasenko. He had 31 even strength points. Again, he split last season between the Blues and the Rangers. He also missed 13 games. But, you know, when guys like, like Kane and, and Tarasenko, and even Heedle and Adam Fox, and I know Fox is defensive, but still, um, when those guys are not significantly ahead of Alexi Lafreniere, it does make your eyebrows go up a little bit. And one name you'll notice that I did not mention here, as far as even strength points is concerned, is Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider, 28 even strength points last year, one less than Alexi Lafreniere. And that's all well and good. I mean, I'm not bashing Chris Kreider or anything like that. We know he does a lot of his damage on the power play, but it does, again, make your eyebrows go up when you— take a look at somebody like Chris Kreider, compare him to Alexi Lafreniere and realize that Lafreniere, despite significantly less time on the ice, had more even strength points last year than Chris Kreider. So I do think he's been improving season by season. And uh, this is not the time to sell very low on Alexi Lafreniere. Give him some chances. uh, Let him earn a spot in the top six. Hopefully get him out there uh, for some decent power play time this year as well. And just stay the course with Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, Obviously, we're going to keep an eye on his contract excuse me, contract situation here on Locked On New York Rangers. And uh, whenever he does sign a new deal, obviously that'll be the topic of our next episode. But I want to shift uh, gears in just a second here. There's something that I want to talk about that involves the Rangers. It is a charity event that will be occurring in Stamford, Connecticut, and several Rangers are going to take part in it. That will happen uh, this upcoming Thursday, August 3rd, once again in Stamford, Connecticut. We'll give you the details about uh, that in just a second and talk about some of the other Rangers that are going to participate. But first, we do have to let everybody know today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets win or lose, that's 200 You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There is no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That is fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, we just want to go ahead and thank everybody as always for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, stick around. I think in our next episode, we might, uh, assuming LaFreniere doesn't uh, sign his new contract between now and then, we're gonna continue with our off-season series of, of best worst best and worst case scenarios, or where to hone in on the right defenseman for the Rangers, but uh, we'll, we'll look forward to that right now, though. I want to shift our attention to uh, a charity hockey game that will be occurring uh, exactly one week from today. Today is uh Thursday, July 27th. It'll be happening on Thursday, August 3rd. It will be happening at the Terry Connors ice rink in Stamford, Connecticut. It is uh, the HT 40 foundations shoulder check showcase and all proceeds from the ticket sales. We'll go to the HT40 Foundation. I'm gonna elaborate on what the HT40 Foundation is in just a second and what it entails and you know what the, the cause is for. We'll get to that in just a second. I did want to quickly, though, go through uh, a roll call of the New York Rangers. They're gonna be participating in uh what I think is you know a wonderful event. And like I said, I'll talk more about the event in just a second. But for a quick re uh or roll call as far as the Rangers that are gonna be there, uh, you've got Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, Adam Fox, Barclay Goodrow, and Jonathan Quick. I saw Jacob Shruba mentioned in an article, but I actually don't see him on the official website. So I'm not hundred percent sure there, but obviously nice to see a lot of Rangers participating in something like this. Uh, other pro hockey players that will join these Rangers at the shoulder check showcase. They include Connecticut whale players, Hannah Beatty and uh whalers or whale alternate captain, Emma Vlasic uh, other NHLers from around the league that are going to be there include former Ranger, Kevin Shattenkirk, You've also got Trevor Zegers participating, uh, Brett Pesci, Sonny Milano, Spencer Knight, Peyton Krebs, and several others as well. Some of these players, uh, some of you may know, have ties to Connecticut or in some cases even grew up here. And former Ranger, an actual uh, former Locked On New York Rangers guest, Marty St. Louis, he's going to be a coach uh, for the event as well. So back to the foundation, what is the HT40 Foundation? What is the Shoulder Check Showcase? So HT40 was founded in honor of the late Hayden Thorson. He was a hockey player from Darien, Connecticut. Uh, he passed away last year, tragically, at the age of 16. And, you know, obviously visiting the website and talking to a couple of people from Terry Connors Ice Rink who are going to uh, help put this whole thing together. I have a feel, you know, obviously for, for what the foundation is and, uh, what its goals are and, and everything like that. But I figure they can explain it better than I can. I'm going to read you guys a couple of excerpts, uh, straight from the HT 40 website and the shoulder check, uh, showcase website as well. And this is right from the website. HT 40 is a foundation dedicated to bringing people together through kindness and compassion to inspire a culture of support through small actions that have a big impact, making certain no one feels alone. It's a fact. Small actions matter more than, you know, HT 40 is on a mission to prove it by doing exactly as one young man did himself show up with kindness. And uh, to just kind of elaborate on Hayden Thorson, once again, passed away tragically uh, just this past year. And he is the inspiration for the creation of this foundation, the HT 40 foundation. He was a hockey player once again from Darien, Connecticut. And, uh, You know, he obviously passed away tragically last year, uh, attended Darien High School, and was a goalie for the mid-Fairfield Junior Rangers. Um, And just to kind of give you an idea of who he was, again, I I never had the privilege of uh, meeting this young man, but um, there are some quotes on the website, and they seem to be anonymous, but obviously some of these people were friends of Hayden. Some of them were, you know, also teammates on the ice. and, and, And for the record, you know, Hayden actually played goalie um, you know, during his, his hockey playing days, but just a couple of quotes to give you an idea of of the kind of person that he was. Uh, I've never met someone as likable as Hayden. He was so disarmingly charming that I would just marvel at him. I feel lucky to have known him. He made so many people happy just to be around him. And you were so damn glad just to have him in your class. Another one here, Hayden would take anyone in, talk to everyone. He would never turn someone away. He somehow managed to make everyone feel special Everyone knew I wasn't the best player on the team, but Hayden always made me feel like I was. Obviously, that's somebody that played hockey with him. And then one more quote here. I don't really talk to many people, and I know I'm sort of seen as an outsider, but Hayden would always talk to me as a friend like he did with everyone. And, you know, just for a little bit of his hockey background, obviously, listen, this whatever he did on a hockey rink, obviously, it's something that he enjoyed it's very secondary compared to what again was a tragic loss of life life excuse me but I feel like it's at least worth mentioning here uh for sure you know just kind of pay tribute to Hayden Thorson uh so he competed in national championships with the New Jersey Titans as well as the New Jersey Colonials and um you know in the past it's funny because I, I've talked about how elite prospects I've kind of joked in the past how like they start tracking your hockey stats from the time that you know you first lace up a pair of skates and you're out there, you know, like at five years old. I'm obviously exaggerating a little bit to make the point, but there is one season listed for uh Hayden Thorson. Uh he played on a 14 and under team. This is from a few years ago. He appeared in nine games, and once again, he was a goalie. Nine games, a goals against average of 1.25 and a save percentage of 923. So obviously a fantastic season for him there. Um, but you know, I just gotta say, I just think it's awesome that obviously at least five former Rangers, if not more, you know, again, I'm not hundred percent on if true is going to be there. The articles say that, or the articles that I saw at least say that he will be there. didn't see him on the official website, but we'll wait and see. But uh, obviously a handful of Rangers going to participate in this event and, you know, seeing somebody like Chris Kreider on this specifically. And uh, obviously there's a lot of Ranger players who are very generous with their time and, and making donations to you know, various causes and various, you know, um, you know, foundations, whatever it might be, charity foundations, the Garden of Dreams Foundation certainly spring to mind. But Kreider, I mean, he has spent a lot of time working with the uh, Garden of Dreams Foundation. Uh, My understanding is that he doesn't just, you know, pop in for a quick hello all the time. There's times where, you know, he'll actually stay in touch with these kids. So to see him participate in something like this uh, should come as a surprise to absolutely nobody who's at all familiar with Chris Kreider. And obviously a lot of these other Rangers have reputations of being good guys off the ice as well. Uh, Jonathan quick, obviously he's new to the Rangers, but I do know, you know, from covering local sports in the area that he always, or not always, but I mean, I, I have definitely seen times where during the NHL offseason, season, you know, he'll come back to Connecticut, he'll hold some, uh, some hockey camps for some young players. And obviously, um, you know, once again, very generous with his time and, uh, you know, just giving back to the community. So, uh, it's great to see so many Rangers participating, great to see so many hockey players participating And my understanding is that there's a very good chance that this event uh, will sell out. Uh, Terry Connors, you know, I've been in there a bunch of times, once again, covering the local sports. It is one of the bigger rinks in the area. Um, But yeah, I have no problem believing that this event uh, will ultimately sell out. And then the last little bit of news that I want to share here, it is at least possible that I will be attending this event. I've reached out to a couple of uh, the fine people from the Terry Connors ice rink, and they've been very, uh, warm and welcoming and, and kind of accepting, you know, at least, you know, hearing me out and um, potentially having me cover the event, potentially getting media credentials. So a big thanks goes out uh, to all of them. Um, and we're going to wait and see if that ends up happening. If I get media credentials, um, I'm not sure, you know, exactly like, will I have access to to talk to some of the players about the event? We'll, we'll see how that whole thing shakes out. Um, but regardless, I'm, I'm just looking forward to uh, attending it in any manner because it, is something that's kind of uh near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. It is for a good cause. It's something that, you know, the HT 40 foundation has a simple message, but something that's still, you know, very powerful and very, um, just very, uh, striking. And, um, it's a great message, you know, making sure that everybody feels included and nobody feels alone and, um, You know, obviously an event like this, I I think, raises awareness for that. And again, just the coolest thing ever that uh, so many players in the NHL and specifically the Rangers uh, are ready, willing and eager to participate in something like this. So I'm very much looking forward uh, to the event and just seeing how it goes. Um, We are going to turn our attention in just a second here. Maybe some of you are going to it as well. And if that is the case, definitely reach out to me. Let me know. Uh, Like I said, I'm hoping to attend it in one manner or another. Um, So if you're there, you know, I'd love to come over, shake your hand, meet you, talk to you a little bit. Um, You know, just say hi, whatever it might be. Uh, Definitely looking forward to this event in general. Uh, In just a second, though, we are going to turn our attention and and wrap up today's episode by talking a little bit about a little bit about the final New York Ranger draft pick from this year's class. Uh, We will be doing that in just a second. All right, so let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. Throughout the offseason, you know, whenever we've had a little bit of time, we've been talking about every single member of the New York Rangers 2023 draft class. And obviously, we've just gone through the whole things here, beginning with Gabe Perot. And now wrapping up with the fifth and final player that the Rangers selected in the 2023 NHL draft. And that would be Ty Henriks, a left winger that the Rangers took in the sixth round at number 183 overall. And this is actually just uh, five picks after they took Rubrik with their... Uh, you know, their other six-round draft pick, but as far as Henrik's is concerned, another big kid, just 18 years old, but he is six foot five, two hundred and five pounds, also a lefty shot. As far as what Henrik's has done in his hockey career so far, this past season, uh, he was traded from the Fargo Fours to the Muskegon Lumberjacks. Both teams play in the USHL. And if we combine the numbers from both of those two teams this past year, for Henricks. He skated in 47 games, had nine goals, and 10 assists, was also a plus three. In 2021-2022, I got to share these stats because they're just insane. It was on an under-16 team, under-16 AAA team to be exact, but he played on the Anaheim Junior Ducks, skated in 60 games with them, scored 68 goals, and had 55 assists. So 123 points in 60 games, more than two points per game. Look, I realize... Uh, An under-16 team is not the NHL. I get that. But anytime somebody puts up numbers like that at any level of hockey, I just have to marvel about it. And I just have to certainly share it on this podcast as well. So obviously, tremendously impressive numbers there. As far as the USHL is concerned, Henricks has said that he plans on returning next season to Muskegon before going on to start uh, his college hockey career in Western Michigan University. And there was actually a, a story on Henricks in the post from Bell Fraser uh, that said that Henricks didn't hear his name called when the Rangers drafted him. Kind of a funny story here. Uh, and in Bell Fraser's story, uh, Henricks had this to say about the situation. Me and my dad were sitting down on the couch watching the draft and he saw it before I did. He jumped up and he told me, Ty, you got drafted. And and we both jumped up and, and we both jumped up and hugged each other. It was such a great moment. Uh, Henrik shared this story, by the way, with the reporters uh, after day three of the Rangers four-day development camp that, you know, wrapped up just a couple of weeks ago here. So, obviously, a pretty cool story there. And, uh, you know, Henrik's also mentioned that he felt like he grew at Ranger development camp, uh, especially with his skating. A couple of quotes that he had in, in an interview that was posted on YouTube. It was a great learning experience, learning how to be a pro Uh, You know, Henrik's also scored a couple of goals during some of the scrimmages, and of those, he said, it felt great, my teammates set me up, just took the opportunity and scored, Uh, mentioned that he felt comfortable, also talked about wanting to win a championship at Muskegon, and once again, identified skating as the area of his game that needs the most work, so it's good to know that um, he'll be working on that, and we'll see, you never know. With late, late round draft picks that are going to go on to potentially have big careers in the NHL or at least solid, steady careers. And, you know, other guys don't make it that far, but you know, Henrix, he does seem to have a good head on his shoulders. The little that I've uh, seen of him as far as interviews are concerned. And um, yeah, we'll wait and see. Obviously he's not going to be debuting with the Rangers this upcoming season. I, I think that probably goes without saying, but he'll have one more year in the USHL. He'll have his college career to look forward to as well. And then we'll see where things stand and how the Rangers want to uh move forward with Henricks. But that's a wrap as far as all the uh, New York Ranger draft picks are concerned from this year's class. And, you know, overall, I I think the Rangers did well. Gabe Pro just kind of fell into their lap. That was awesome. People feel pretty good about Drew Fortescue, the uh, defenseman that they took in the third round. And, um, you know, by the time you get into the later rounds, I mean, to me, it's just a dart throw. So if you see something that you like, if somebody has big-time size or, big time speed or has a nasty shot or whatever it is. Maybe there's other areas of their game that you have to work on. That's usually the case when you're dealing with late round NHL draft picks, but I've got no issue with really any of the picks that the Rangers made. I think overall it was a solid class, only five picks, but I, I do think they made the most of them. And um, like I said, once you get into the later rounds with guys like Henricks and Rubrik, uh, it does become a little bit of a crapshoot, a little bit of a dart throw, but um, you know, the Rangers, you look at some of the numbers that he's put up at the USHL, uh, that insane under-16 season that he had. He's obviously got great size. Size doesn't slump. It's always going to be there. Um, so, you know, again, I, th- I think it's a solid late-round draft pick for what it was. Uh, I figure we could pretty much call it there for today. The other thing I wanted to mention, two things, actually. Uh, for starters, we're going to be doing pretty soon or in the not-too-distant future our episode uh, about Derek Stepan scoring in overtime in Game 7 against the Washington Capitals. If you have a story to share from that, you know, where you were, who you were with, how you reacted when step on scored in overtime in game seven, definitely send it my way, either DM it to me on Twitter or um, email it to me. Don't leave it in the YouTube comment section. It's going to get lost in the shuffle, either DM it to me or email it to me. And I'll share that on a future episode of locked on New York Rangers. Really looking forward to do that, doing that episode just like we did with our, our Temi Panarin episode this past offseason. season. And then finally a reminder to anybody that played in the locked on New York Rangers fantasy hockey league this past season. If you played last year, Uh, go ahead and, once again, either email me or DM me. That's all you have to do, and you will secure your spot for this upcoming season. Uh, After a certain amount of time goes by here, though, if I haven't heard back from everybody, we do want to open it up uh, for people who haven't played last year. And if you did not play last year and you'd like to get in this year, email me or DM me. We'll save your spot in line. We'll see if we can uh, work you into the league this year as well. But we do want to give people that have been playing the last few years the first chance. As far as a roll call from this past year, right now I've got 10 people uh, listed for the league. We can do up to 20 players, which is what we've done every year that we've done this. There's always 20 uh, owners in the league, 20 teams. Uh, But this is the roll call of people that have confirmed their participation for this upcoming season. Obviously, I'm going to play Looking for my third straight championship, by the way. You guys are going to have to bring it if you want to knock me off uh, from the top of the mountain here. But uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm going to be back. We've also got Justin. We've got Eddie. We've got Corey. We've got Ryan. We've got Dan S. uh, We've got Robbie. And we've got Steven. Uh, Then there's also two that I haven't heard back from specifically. But I saw on the website that they've made some changes to their team name. Uh, So I assume that means you're back, Xavier, and Michael. So we've got 10 back. Uh, Again, if you played last year and you want to come back this year, email me or DM me as soon as possible. And if you um, did not play this past year, but you want to save your spot in line, then do the same thing. Either email me or DM me. But that will do it for today, guys. Uh, Once again, thank you, as always, for tuning in to Locked On New York Rangers podcast, your team every day. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, Please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. Once again, that is at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked on New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.